Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Happy Mother's Day. And you know, it's a happy day for all of us because it is a day to celebrate mums and that affects everybody. So it's really lovely just to stop. And I was just thinking that, Cole, wait, wait, oh Cole would you mind just giving all the mums a chocolate? I, we, we couldn't do that up at Cheltenham, but there's enough chocolate for the mums to get one here. Oh, have you got some? Oh, yeah, great. All right, so mums, when he comes by, just signal it's you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that's the thing about this, isn't it? That we're either mums in the room or we've all had a mum. So it includes all of us. We're all in it together. Now, how many of you have seen me speak before? Who's, give me a wave if you've seen me speak before. And who has never seen me speak before? Oh, I've got lots of new friends. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, you're a new friend at the Hawk Supporter. Yes. Yes. So big day today. And, you know, I really want to talk today about mothers, but I also want to talk about high performance. Because, you know, I am a sports psychologist by background and I've been working in the corporate space teaching people how to build high-performing teams and how to lead those teams and literally how to get people to become high performers. And I think mums are high performers. I think mums do extraordinary things and sometimes we don't even know what we can do until we become mums and then we end up learning to do things that we never thought that we were going to be able to do. So it's been an interesting journey and I've been reading a great book lately called Rare Leadership. And I thought about it and I thought, gee, a mum could have written this book because it's the four high value habits that actually allow us to have more trust, more joy and more engagement. It's, it's really good. I mean, it's written for leaders of churches and corporations, but pretty much mums and dads need those skills as well. And I was going to share some of those. And I want you to just stop for a moment because I was talking in the hairdressers. There's a whole lot of guys and girls in there. And I was saying, describe your mum to me. And so I wrote down a list of all the words that they gave me, which was a lot of words, about mums. Hold on. And I love the fact the first word that came up was selfless. Come on, who's got a mum that's been selfless? Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some of the lists that they've given me and I want you to participate. If this describes your mum, put your hand up. If it doesn't, hand down. Don't just leave your hand up because some of the words will catch you out. All right? So just a little bit of participation. Is your mum strong? All right. Resilient. Patient. Generous. It's going to be good exercise for some of you. Forgiving. Has a high recall of past failures. <laughs> uh, kind. A little bit cranky, <laughs> creative, consistent, predictable, unpredictable. <laughs> That's more popular. Critical, spontaneous, systematic, organised, chaotic. You know, I've just come from the other campus and my son was in church today with my mum and I was watching every time my son put his hand up. Like, which were all the ones that he thought described me. So I had an education this morning. Um, is your mum, oh yeah, funny, is she funny? She thinks she's funny. 
smart. And this is, they separated this at the hairdressers because they went smart with money. Like some mums are really smart with money. Is, is your mum smart with money? Yeah, it wasn't me. I wish it was, but uh, independent, hard worker, team builder, a great role model, full on, <laughs> like loud, talks a lot, <laughs> a good multitasker, focused, empathetic, productive. Interesting list, hey? Interesting list. And isn't it lovely to think for the mums that a lot of those words describe you? And the majority of the words were lovely. Do you know what I mean? We obviously hold mums in high esteem. But there are some other words, aren't there, that describe mums. So let's just give you a little chance to tell me some of the words and in exchange for your word, you get chocolate. Okay? So we want some other words that describe your mum or mums in general. Okay, here we go. Have you got a word? Persistent, beautiful. We haven't said that. Annoying. Annoying. <laughs> All of the time or some of the time? Okay. Generous. Generous, yes. Well, yeah, and generous usually means gen like this. Generous, you know, generous. More abundant. Yes. Thoughtful. Is your mum thoughtful? Where is she? All oh, right, well, she gets one, hey? <laughs> psycho. <laughs> Are you the mum? Are you the psycho mum or is she the psycho mum? Oh, that's Nana. <laughs> Well, that sort of sounds a little bit like my mum because my mum was raised by her grandmother. She was the 13th child raised by her grandmother. So you can imagine, she has an interesting story, my mum. And I am forever grateful that my mother became the person that she became because I've stood on her shoulders. And when you hear some of my story, it was pretty important that I learned some important lessons. Um, what else? Yeah, in here. Oh, you singers, you were gorgeous. Oh. You know, we had big girls up at Cheltenham, but I think you were the best. <laughs> you were gorgeous. Wait, what were you going to say? What's, what's your mum like? She's fantastic. Oh, I love that you get three for that. Aww. And? She has great advice. Oh, you get three for that too. Good, good, coming down. In fact, Colin, have you got a prize basket? Could I have a look in that prize basket, please? I think because you learnt that song and did such a great job, I'm going to give you a mood maker, a book for you, and I'm going to give you a life lifter. There we go. And what should Dad get? Dad was really hot, wasn't he? So he gets keeping couples cooking, nothing to do with the kitchen. Beautiful. <laughs> Lucky man. <laughs> Has anyone else got any words? Yeah. I like, the, I like the sound of the accent. What was the word? Healer. Healer. Oh, I love that. Yes. My mum was a healer too. Inspirational. Yeah, it's pretty precious to have a mum that's inspirational. Anybody else? Yeah. Oh, she was a super saver. Could, was she a bargain, a real bargain? She didn't spend. <laughs> it's really interesting that both my girls really are good at, you know, like just shopping really savvy and op shops. And my son is nothing like that. 
Like he spends the money and the girls save the money. It's fascinating to watch. I wonder where they got that from, Cole. Yeah. yeah. Strict. She was strict. Was it good strict? Yeah, because, you know, like strict. Yeah, you, you, there were boundaries. You know what they say about parents? That you can be as disciplined as you want with your children and even harsh as long as your children know that you love them. And if your children feel loved, they'll take any level of discipline. But if the children don't feel loved, even a tiny little correction and they kick a hissy fit. So it's really important to understand the love languages of children and to know what children need to actually have their love tanks filled. Yes, what's yours? Yeah, oh, how important is trustworthy? Yes. Cook. Is she a good cook? Oh. Yes, and so you won't need the chocolate because there'll be so much great food today. Anyone else got a word? Surprising, yeah, love it, surprising. Notice, notice again that the words are all uplifting. You got one more, go for it. Really smart and, and studious. All right, come on, come on. That's good, I like it. Beautiful. Oh, you're a good catch too, you wanna have another go? <laughs> <laughs> Mother's interfering there. That was great. Going up for the mark. So notice the words. Are the words important? So here's the question. Mother's Day, how important is to it to articulate the strong things you see in your mother? Because when you talk about high-performing people, and I'm talking about teams of people, like let's say we're one team. Right, in the room. So how do we actually get the best out of you? Then we actually utilise the high value behaviours that each one of you have. So if everybody has some high value behaviours, like, I mean, we have some habits that you could just drop and no one would miss them. Come on, who's got some habits that no one would miss them? They build nothing, but you do them anyway. Yes. So really important to get this. High value behaviours are the things that actually make our lives flourish and when we take out low value behaviors that don't deliver anything we start to see life shaped and I mean God has given us a whole book and showing us high value behaviors low value behaviors I mean when you think of low value behaviors who do you think of in the Bible Judas yeah that was pretty low value wasn't it Judas but I'm sure Judas had some high value. Who said Judas? Oh, yeah, good. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'll have another throw. Then you don't have to go and catch it and someone else can chase it. Or the cameraman gets it. You get to keep it. <laughs> so high value behaviours. What are your high value behaviours? And do you articulate them to one another? So very important to tell your mother what you appreciate about, appreciate about her. Because what you do is every time you reinforce high-value behaviours, you tend to get more of them. Because we tend to, it's like catching your kids doing something right. They want that same compliment again. So you've got to just find ways to highlight the high-value behaviours. We're really trying to minimise the low-value ones. Because we're never going to get rid of all your bad behaviours. I have been trying a long time. I just asked my kids, they could write a whole book on the places where mum could grow stronger. Because, you know, that's the one thing about children. They reveal all your weaknesses publicly. <laughs> so you can never pretend that you're something that you're not. So that's really important because God loves us right where we're at. And that's why point number one 
of this book I've been reading called Rare Leadership. What are the four high value habits that actually change corporations and change churches? And that these four habits make a massive difference to the way a place flourishes, increases trust, increases joy, and increases engagement. So habit number one, you ready? Habit number one, act like yourself. Doesn't sound hard, doesn't it? Can't you imagine your mother say that? Be yourself. Act like yourself. Like, act like you. Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow what other kids are doing. You know who you are. You know what's right for you. Act like yourself. Come on, how many of you besides me at times have felt a little intimidated that we needed to be something else? Yes. So that pressure is on everybody. The point is, do we listen to that voice? That is the voice of the enemy who says we're not enough. God says we are more than enough. In fact, he loves us so much the way we are, he's not going to leave us there. He's going to keep us moving on because we actually are not very content unless we're in growth mode. When we're growing, we're getting better, never perfection, just getting better, we're happier. And the Word of God is encouraging us at all times. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You know, he's laid down his own life. He's already made a way. We've got Christ in us. Everybody just put your hand on your heart and go, Christ is in me. And they say, thanks, Christ, for being in me. Yes, he's in us. And sometimes we need to let that sink in. Because even when we're not doing well, it's so important to remember that God hasn't left us. He's in the centre of us. So I love that. Act like yourself. I mean, besides the fact, I mean, we're children of God. So we can afford to act like ourselves. Our real selves, we're a child of God and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Agree? Come on, no one ever looks at their baby and goes, oh, not fearfully and wonderfully made. (laughs) Yeah, we might say head's a bit squishy, you know. I mean, you know, my mum had to deal with me. I came out with my left eye permanently closed, 12 years of plastic surgery on that left eye. It was a big deal for that young couple who were very strapped for cash and trying to put me through all the surgery that I needed to be able to open my eye up. You know, I think back, I went through a lot of name calling, but the most important words I ever heard were the things that my parents were teaching me. You know, my mum and dad, when other kids were sort of saying, you know, you're really dumb and ugly, my parents just said, you're smart. Pretty would have been better, but smart wasn't bad. But I would say to myself when the kids really got down on me, I would just say, but I'm smart. My mum says so. I said it hundreds and hundreds of times. Do you know what? It's really important that the most dominant thought in your head is the one you move towards. So it's really important to choose the words that you want to say about you because the most powerful words that you and I are ever going to hear are not the words that other people speak over us. The most powerful words are the words we speak over ourselves. And I went right through my Bible when I became a Christian. I went right through my Bible and I highlighted every word that God said about me. And just when I got the whole book finished, I lost that Bible. I was devastated. And God just prompted me. He says, you highlighted it for somebody that needs it more than you. So he says, that won't be wasted because people just read the highlights. Do you know, I just thought, how exciting. So in each Bible, every time I see something that God says about me, I highlight it. Because you know what? 
it's so easy to focus on what others say about us. And, you know, this is my profession, so I'm up in front of people. So people have a lot of opinions. And it's not good to listen to everybody's opinions. Sometimes you just need to listen to what God says about you. You know, because he's good. He's, he's consistent. He says, act like yourself. And so key number two is return to joy. Now, this is really interesting because how do you return to joy if you don't know what joy is? See, I knew about happiness. I grew up in a really happy family. Parents that just worked really hard at forming family. You know, my dad was very strict, like your mum. My dad was very strict, very clear boundaries. But the good thing about my dad is that my dad literally did whatever he said. So my dad was just a man of his word. He just followed through. He could take the whole footy team out, got two brothers, take them out to the sand hills. We'd ride cardboard down the sand hills. And my dad would just have to say one thing and those boys would follow. So what was it about my dad? So was he a cruel taskmaster? No. The boys had just learned that if my dad says, if one of you plays up, we all go home. And he always carried through. So the boys really helped each other. Come on, pull into line because we'll all be going home. I, I wonder about us sometimes. Are we men and women of our word? Do we actually be consistent? We don't make wild sweeping statements. Because sometimes I say things to my kids and then I go, all right, let me just take that back. Because I make these wild things. Oh, this happens. Oh, we'll do this. It's like, no, we won't. So take it back straight away. If you're prone to saying things that are not accurate, then bring it back and apologise quick. Go, all right, no. Because God wants us to be people that speak words of life, not words of death. And so finding that way forward is so important. So how do we return to joy? Well, I discovered that I didn't really even know what joy was until I gave my heart to the Lord. You know, I'm I'm raised in Catholic schools, forever grateful to my mother. My father had no faith at all. But my mother took us to Mass every week and paid for us to go to Catholic schools. So I was raised with faith, even though my father was happy to support it but didn't believe it. But, you know, what? think of the spiritual disciplines that were put into my life because my mother just took a stand and went, no, they're being raised with faith. And my parents didn't know that at 19 I would walk completely away. But they did everything they could while they could. I made some really dumb choices for the next seven years. You can do a lot of damage in seven years. I do not know what opened the door to my immorality for seven years. I do not know. Maybe something had happened to me with the babysitter when I was young. But I don't know. All I know is that at 19, I took a path. I hit the nightclubs. And I made really destructive choices. How to return to joy. Hmm. All I knew is that I was messy and broken. So by the time I'm 26 and my brother's got a, a, a tennis partner from America, he was, um, they were good. They were a really hot pair, the two boys really good tennis players, and he came and stayed in our home for 10 weeks in and out of the tournaments. 
I looked at him one day. I said, what is it that you've got that I haven't got? He said, joy. And you know, it was hard for me to argue with him. He said, peace. He said, security. And the list went on. And then he said, Jesus. I went, oh, oh. And you know, I knew straight away that he was right. And he was helping me to make a decision to stop following my ways and follow Jesus' ways. But you know, my first response to when he said Jesus was, wall, put the wall up. Oh my goodness, I can't believe how quickly pride just comes in and just blocks you from good things. Come on, how many of you have missed out on something good because you let your pride get in the way? Oh, I could kick myself for the number of times that I have let pride just take me away from that place of peace. So anyway, 10 weeks, took him a long time to have a case. He built a case in 10 weeks. I'd read more of the Bible in 10 weeks while that tennis player was in my home than I'd ever read in my whole life. That Bible, he had just, look, when I would ask tough questions, he would just, you know, take me to a chapter. So read that chapter and come back to me. And I actually didn't want to read it. I just wanted to win the argument because I was full of pride. I just wanted to be right. But fortunately, that young man just peacefully just carried on. And before he left, he said, you just need to ask Jesus into your life. I said, I know. I said, I recognise you're right. I said, I just can't. I said, my life is built on self-esteem and self-reliance and self-confidence. And they can be all good things, except that they're based around self. And, you know, I didn't know the power of God-reliance, God-esteem, God-confidence. And he was inviting me, why don't you taste and see? He said, just do it. Come on, just do it. Just say a prayer. I said, I'm not even sure that I know what to say. He said, say what's on your heart. So I said, God, if you can do something with my life, you can have it. That is a very dangerous prayer to pray. (laughs) Very dangerous prayer. It was just heartfelt. It wasn't words. It was just a cry of my heart. I want, you know, I don't know about you. I've always wanted to make, have my life be something that was meaningful. I wanted my life to actually help people. I, I love helping people. But it certainly wasn't going that pathway at all. I was been bringing a parade of characters across my parents' doorstep. And my parents must have sh- shaken in their boots. When they saw who I would bring home to meet them, they must have been at times just terrified. Maybe it made my father pray. I don't know. But I'm so grateful. One tennis player, one encounter with Jesus and my life changed. I would not be here. I would not be speaking. I have now spoken to two million people. And how can God take a girl like that and give her a job to do something that would encourage that many people? You know, that's a miracle. And I must never forget where I came from and what he took, the brokenness of my life, and said, we could do something with it if you'll be honest about it. 
Because, you know, as a sports psychologist, I know that you can't shift from where you are unless you're completely honest about where you're at. Because the minute you can be honest about where you're at, you can shift. So when you cover up and pretend everything's okay, you can't move. So we must be able to just say to somebody, this is what's wrong in my life. This is what I'm doing. This is what, these are the habits. I don't know about you. All I know is that most people are addicted to something. Sometimes it's TV shows that are just full of messages that don't build anything in your life. Sometimes they're books. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's drugs. Sometimes it's a way of life. But, you know, any one of us at any time can turn. And what's what I love about Jesus every day? He says, my mercy's new every morning. He said, you can start again any time you want, Lisa. And I've got to tell you, I start again often. I start again often. I don't just... I don't just wait and go, oh, no, no, I'm okay. I go, no, actually, today I'm not okay. I need that fresh infilling of God. So return to joy. I didn't know how to return to joy until I returned to Jesus. So once I was with Jesus, like, hey, the joy of the Lord is my So you actually find that deep meaning and sense of purpose that brings you joy when you just travel with Jesus. It's as simple as that. And sometimes we forget to travel with him. Like he's somewhere in the background, but we don't take him with us. Like I often give myself a picture that Jesus is riding the bicycle and I'm on the seat behind him. And why do I give him the controls? Because if I'm driving the bike, I will go places that he doesn't want me to go. And funnily enough, he takes me down all these little side tracks. I'm like, why take me down a side track? We know where we're going, let's get there. He's like, no, 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 I've got something to show you. I've got something for you to experience that you're going to need later in life. And so he takes me on side tracks. And so my career doesn't always go where I'm hoping it's going to go. And my marriage is sometimes struggles and we have to go and get some help together. And I love the fact that I've got a man that also follows Jesus and lets Jesus have the front of his bicycle. So sometimes we can just free wheel, you know. Let Jesus, let Jesus pedal and we'll just go for the ride with him. Because habit number three is endure hardship. Hmm. Now that's not particularly, a, it's not one we aspire to. Let me put it that way. It's not one we aspire to. And you know, I had to um, go back to joy. When I, when I stopped dating all these blokes, I made a very clear step to choose a pure lifestyle. So think about it. I'd been in the dirt and I'd been in the damage. But Jesus said you can be born again, you can be made completely new. And I literally knew that God was holy and holy meant pure. And I don't know about you, but pure actually is really appealing because what can God do with someone who says, all right, no longer my way, I'm going your way. And so I did a brainwash. Think about it. All those years of junk, I literally, as a sports psychologist, knew how to wash my brain. I stopped listening to the, to the things that I'd been listening to. I stopped watching the TV programs. I stopped watching the movies that I had at some stage enjoyed. And I literally just stepped into, well, what would Jesus have me watch? What would Jesus have me do? Where would Jesus go? And I literally played the game in my head every day. Every day. 
and it took me six years, I think, to have a really good wash. And, you know, I could realise why he was washing my brain so well, because I was about to meet Colin. Now, I had been praying for a bloke for six years, waiting patiently, getting on, going out into schools, talking to teenagers. But if I had known that it was Colin I was praying for, I would have prayed a lot harder. <laughs> Put your hand up, Colin, so they all know who you are. So this mighty man of God today was more messy than me. He was, I don't know, do we say double messy? Triple messy? Well, he'd been single a lot longer and he'd made a lot more days of doing things that built nothing. And so when I met Colin and I'd been praying and trusting God, it was the purity in me. It was the transformed woman that suddenly I didn't have to do much or say much. He could just see. I was different to the girls he was meeting. I was different to the girls he had met. I was different to the girl he had once married. I was different and he could see it. Now, I didn't know anything about his life. If I had, I would have never, ever gone near him. <laughs> but fortunately, because I believe prayer covered this whole thing that when Colin asked me out, I said, look, you know, we haven't got anything in common. I said, the only place you can really see me is at church. He said, okay, I'll pick you up. And I was the preacher. <laughs> I was going out to Berwick to speak at a little church with 20 people in it. My friends had just pioneered it and I was going to speak for the whole month. And here's Colin, he picks me up, he thinks I'll get her away to my, get around to my way of thinking. You know, he's out there and he's sitting in the front row, just like you guys are, listening to my message. One week. He says, oh, I'll pick you up again next week. I went, oh, okay. So out he comes again. Well, something starts to happen to him on the front row. He's sitting there and he starts to shake. I've never seen shaking. But, you know, not like in church shaking. He starts to shake. And then he starts to sweat through his beautiful suit. Like he was dressed to impress. He was looking sharp. He was going to win me over. And now he's sweating through that lovely suit. Oh, I thought, I hope no one thinks I'm with him. <laughs> so I didn't really have any faith for him. I'm just thinking I'm doing the guy a favour. I'm bringing him to church. I really wasn't entertaining that he and I were going anywhere. But the fact he was coming to church twice, that was pretty cool. So he says, third week, I'm coming again. Like, is it glutton for punishment? Next thing, third week, exactly the same thing happens. Except this time he's sitting there shaking, sweating, ruined another suit. Tears running down his face. I'm thinking, oh, it's God. Well, he doesn't think it's God. He just thinks something's getting him. I'm like, how dense do you have to be? You're in a house of God. So he says he's coming back for week four. Exactly the same thing. But he's got a strategy this time, don't you, Cole? He was going to count all the bricks on the wall to stop this thing from getting him. <laughs> don't you love it? <laughs> Comes to church, gets him again. And as soon as the pastor had seen all of this happen, he just said, Colin, I don't think you and Lisa should get together. 
Like, and he said to me, don't you see him now? I'm like, but there's hope. I reckon God's touching him. The pastor said, I don't think you should see him because he's going to be confused between what God's doing in him and how he feels to you because you've brought him. He said, he said, I would just suggest that you don't see him. So he went off, got himself a counsellor at the church and just grew all on his own. And one day he's sitting out on the back step having a little chat to God and he says his first prayer. Wouldn't it be a bummer if God was real and I missed out? <laughs> like it's not exactly holy, is it? But that's what I love about God. God is taking us with where we're at, where our heart's at. And that's, do you know that instantaneously, the moment he just prayed that prayer all on his own on his back step, he stopped smoking dope that he'd been smoking for 20 years. The man was addicted. He was messed up. He stopped swearing, which friend sounds like he swore like a trooper. He stopped drinking. Like the man changed instantaneously. So he rings me and I just have a little chat to God. I go, God, that's not fair. You're not just meant to take his habits away because he's got to do the work like the rest of us. Have you ever felt like that? It's like I've just done all the work, six years of praying and he just gets a sudden little, like God's, you know, fairy godmother, ding. This is the amazing thing about God. We have no idea why God just decided to set him free. Only God knew where he'd been, knew how much his heart was broken. Only God knew where he might have ended up had he not done something supernatural. Well, and as you can see, we got married and we lived happily ever after. Not another problem in the world. <laughs> and so this comes back to... <laughs> what was that point number three? Endure hardship well. There's the word. Endure hardship well. Model it. Show people how to travel the difficult pathway, whether you've been bullied, whether you're unwell, no matter whether you're overwhelmed, press on. Endure hardship well. And you know what? The first years of our marriage were really tough. We had two babies really fast because we were older and we merged our businesses together. Like we just jumped all in. We had no idea what that was going to look like. Hard. Messy. Endure it well. So we just pressed into the things of God. We made sure we got counsellors at church. We made sure we had friends that were watching our marriage. We got all the advice we could on how to raise kids. Like We were just getting the help. But we did a lot of praying together. And I still love the fact that this is one of my husband's high-value habits. That he holds my hand in bed at night and he prays. Doesn't matter what's happened in our day, no matter how messy it's been or whether we've been at each other, he holds my hand and we pray. And usually the one that's the least angry prays first. <laughs> Come on, who can resonate with that? Because <laughs> sometimes you can't even get a prayer out. But if, if the other one does, if the other one does, like, think about that, we pray at every meal. We pray before we go to bed at night. We pray before I speak. 
So we've just got places where this is the rhythm and pattern of our life. We've put in high value habits and God has honoured them. I mean, I've got to tell you, prayer's a pretty easy thing to put in. You know, it's an SOS. Help God. I need a lot of help today. And the minute you say it, it's amazing how the minute you say it, you've opened up your heart and, and you're letting him in. And your ears need to hear that you've cried out for help. Everyone just put, put up your radar. I do this. Put your radar up into heaven. Yeah, stick a, that's right. Put a stick up like an antenna. Go, help God. I need a lot. Yeah, that's right. And I've got to tell you, I, am, I have learned the power of the spoken word because words are powerful in your head, but they're 10 times more powerful when they're spoken. It's like with my mother. It's one thing to think that my mother's wonderful. It's a whole other thing to go and articulate to my mother. So in the last service, I literally was telling my mother how wonderful she was because you don't very often have a chance to publicly affirm your mum. But, you know, we can each do it when we're with our mums. Go and say, these are the things that I want to say about you today. I'm not letting this commercial side of, mother, of Mother's Day be the, the high mark. This is a chance for me to express what I think of you. And if it's not nice, say nothing. Okay? If you've got nothing nice to say, give her flowers. No, nothing wrong with flowers. Flowers are good. Any symbol, any symbol to impart to your mother is a gift to say, I acknowledge. And I look about it because, you know, my own mum was not raised by her mum. And I watched as I grew up, as my mother was so lovely to her mother. You know, her mother um, did marry eventually and they were really lovely to us as grandparents. But I watched she lived until she was 106 months and I watched my mother honour her consistently throughout all the years. Honour your mother and your father that you might have a long life. I have had a role model of endure hardship and do it with all honour. I'm just so grateful for the things that my mother has role modelled that were difficult things and yet she just made a decision, I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to keep doing the right thing regardless of how I feel, I'm going to keep doing the right thing. Which brings me to number four, last one. Keep relationships bigger than your problems. Make the people matter more than the problem because sometimes we want to do the task. Come on, how many of you, you love to get the task done and tick it off? And how many people tick you off? <laughs> so here's one of the challenges that the task can always be done, but the relationship goes on and on. And relationships are hard because we're different. I love what Bill Cosby says. If two people think the same, one is obsolete. There's no one obsolete in our marriage. We do not think the same. And another thing Bill Cosby said was, don't take advice from people more messed up than you are. He should have taken that advice. But, you know, it's a great bit of advice. Don't take advice from people more messed up than you are. If you need help with your relationship, go to families that have got strong relationships. If you need help with your parenting, go to people that, who are doing a good job. If you need help with your self-esteem, go to someone that's got that. Because God says, within the family of God, everything you needed, there's all these high-value behaviours within our community. We've got enough. We're enough. All of us together, we're enough. 
So we've got to capitalise on one another and articulate to one another the strengths that we have. So what do we do with this? We've always got to focus on people first and problems second. Because, you know, when we feel acknowledged and valued, we'll pretty much be able to follow people anywhere. But we need to be acknowledged and valued first. These are mother's traits, are they not? Listen, act like yourself, return to joy, endure hardship and keep relationships bigger than problems. Is that not a mother? Pretty cool, isn't it? And it's a major leadership book describing mums. So I think I'll just finish up by just giving you an opportunity to just start again. You know, I talk about high performance, but I trip over myself often and fall into low performance. And so I keep giving myself a chance to just fresh start. Come on, do it again. And I love the fact Mother's Day is like a marker point. You know, Mother's Day, I'm just going to start again. And these four traits also really explain, don't they, a relationship with God. Act like yourself. Be the person God made you. Return to joy. He will provide joy in the hardest of circumstances. Endure hardships, just as Jesus going to the cross, paid for us. It's like, come on. Just receive the gift. And then keep relationships bigger than the problem. I always make God bigger than the problem. God, look at me, I've got a really big problem, but you're bigger. You're bigger. Show me what to do because you're bigger. So I want to give you a chance to just start fresh today. All right? So everyone just bow your heads. Take a quiet moment. I want to give you a chance just to start again. Some of us, we're walking along with God, we're doing great. Others of us really need to just have a fresh start. You know, it's just been, you've had some low points in the last month. And God says, come on, start again. Just give me your life. Give me your heart. Say, come on. I'm determining I'm going to do it your way, Lord, instead of mine. So if you'd like to start again, I just want you to raise your antenna to heaven and just show God, all right? Put your antenna up and go, yep, that's me, God, I'm going to start again. Yep, that's it, beautiful. All those hands, fantastic. Now, while our antenna's up, let's just tell him, Lord, I'm willing to start again. Repeat it. I'm starting fresh with you. Fill me with what I need. Let your spirit dwell in me. And give me a sense of purity. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life with your help. In Jesus' name. Amen. Beautiful. Put your hands down. I just love the fact that, look how many of you don't ever think that we shouldn't do this regularly together. Start fresh. Give yourself a chance. It doesn't matter how long we've walked with the Lord, I need to start fresh often. And so I would just like to maybe finish with one tiny thing, is that I do think everyone should get chocolate before they go. <laughs> Colin, you've got a bit more there, haven't you? Yeah, so we've got, we've got two lots of chocolate, so that we'll maybe put one at the back, one at the front. And I've just got a couple of little prizes, and I thought maybe if you could tell me remember something that was from the service that I'm going to give a couple of little prizes away. So can anyone tell me one thing that was important in my message so that we can do a quick review? 
Come, yeah, okay, go on. Yeah, be yourself. So be yourself. Let's give you a life lifter. Lovely. Because we'll give the mums the first chance, will we? Give the mum. Okay, go on. Yeah, endure hardship well. Would you like a life lifter or a keeping couples cooking? Hey, a life lifter, lovely. And yet yeah, the lady in the front row. Start fresh, yeah. Just start fresh. Give yourself a chance. Life lifter or KCC. Good. Yeah, come on. What are you going to go? Yeah, wash your brain. Give your brain a regular wash. How many of you actually know that you could do with some brainwashing at the moment? <laughs> Correct. Lovely. And you know what? I've got to tell you that my husband can watch things that I definitely can't watch. So I don't play the um, watch police for him. This is my heart and my relationship. And there are things that actually I can't watch. They, they stay with me. So I just have decided, let's stay clean and clear. Have I got a couple more there, Colin? Oh, you're a good man. All right, I've got the present basket. Hold on. Come on. Yeah, come on. You're right up the back corner. Yeah, praise a couple. Isn't that a ripper? And you know what? You remember that? The, the least angry one is the one that prays first. Would you like a mood maker or would you like a secrets of inspiring women? That one. You gave me the big one. There's one story in there that's a little bit, um, no, it's, it's quite traumatic. So not, don't let young people read it, Okay. So one thing when you write books, when there's other people's stories, you can't control all the content. Is there someone else? Yeah. Love it. Spoken words, 10 times more powerful, an impact on your brain, an impact on your life. Would you like a, a mood maker? Can you pass that back, please? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Come on, another. Oh, go on then. Yeah, relationships before the problems. So does that mean you need a relationship book? Yeah, you're going to go for the relationship one? Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, we're just going for the mums first. If we can, or you, yeah, you, you've got a mum, you've got a, a wife. Get help. Get help. Yeah, when you're having trouble, this is our community. I've got to tell you, we have three couples in the church that we have given permission to just monitor our marriage. Because if Collins and my marriage goes south, it hurts a lot of people. And we need help like everyone else. So we have given people permission to just tell us, hey, how are you tracking? We have this little code. How's the world turning for you? <laughs> it's good. Which one would you like? Mood maker or life lifter? Life lifter. Beautiful. Yeah, come on. Return to joy. And when do we need to return to joy? Yeah, <laughs> most days. So it's a great habit. I, sh I should give you a choice just in case. This one's called Jump for Joy and All Things Are Possible or a book. What would you prefer? A book, okay. And the lady behind? Act yourself, beautiful. And you get jump for joy. There you go. You go on, have a go. Yeah, just be aware of pride. Aware when it's, when it's actually taking you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, create high-value habits. Not low-value, high-value habits. Are you going, you want to see it today? Yeah, keep on going, even though your life's going wrong. Have I got any? Well, you've already got a book, haven't you? But we could give you one that's for all of your family to enjoy. This, this all things are possible and jump for joy. You can have a laugh watching me teach people how to hula hoop. All right, I think that's, that's lovely. Thank you. If you would like me to pray for you, 
I'm happy to stay here and have a pray for you. And I'm just really blessed that I've got a chance to talk to my church family. So thank you so much for having me on Mother's Day.